Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Comics Are Better podcast. I am Brian, and with me, as always, is Gary. Hello. And Richard. Hey, hey. It may sound like I forgot your, your names, but actually, I got distracted while I was talking. <laughs> that's why I had that stop. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm talking right now. I better keep on talking. It's been a while. So thank you, everyone who's listening. Thank you. If it's your first time, thank you for joining us for the first time. If not, thank you for coming back. Mm-hmm. I know we've been gone for a little bit of time. Yep. But we are here now, and we're here to talk about independent comics. But first, I have a question. We have been gone for a little bit of while. So did you guys... um experience any kind of media is that the right way to say that did you guys like watch anything see you know play anything read anything that uh you guys want to talk about real quick during our little break oh i watched the uh the movie the menu last week and it's Uh really good oh Oh, it's really good it's really fun it's i can't even really talk about it if you haven't seen it because it's like one of those movies where it's like everything you say about it's a spoiler absolutely but it's if you get the time, it's it's also very dark. So if you're not in that mood for something very dark, I would say don't watch it. But if you are a little mystery, really dark, you know, funny, but in the you know the darkest of humor ways, but just yeah. a really just a well made movie. Like like that's I think the the best thing I can say about it. It's just well made. Like without hinting at anything, I'm just like, hey, they they executed it, their premise very well, and you will enjoy watching it. <laughs> Wait, Richard watched a movie? Yeah, that's amazing. I know, just randomly. Wow. Yeah. Now, did you go to the theater? Or was this like at home? This, no, no, this was on uh, HBO Max. Wow. Um, I, I definitely have to. It's just one of those deals. People kept telling me about it. I was just like, yeah. eh, it's only an hour and change. It's a little under two hours. And I just banged it out uh, some night last week. Wow. And, and I was just like, hey, that was fun. Like, it, it's, and also, this was like the first time I haven't watched or like the first movie I've watched in quite some time that was like not like a genre you know like a superhero movie or some sort of sci-fi like this is just like a movie somebody made and I was just like oh yeah if I ever do get around to watch these some of them are very good I enjoy them a lot yeah absolutely yeah that the the trailer makes it look like a movie that's just like in my breadbasket when it comes to types those types of movies and like you know kind of a dark comedy slash almost a little bit of a horror element to it and right. um, and then obviously it, it feels like there's a social message in the story. I'm pretty sure that there is. Um, you, you know, if that spoils it, you don't have to say if there is or not. Oh, I <laughs> but, mean, a little bit. Yeah. And, there's a lot um, of messages in the movie. But nice. yeah, it's definitely made from a certain uh, sort of bed. But like I said, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> and I love Ray Fiennes. Like, he's one of my favorite actors. And uh, I like him when he's a villain. And it seems like, you know, he's kind of playing a villainous role in that. So that's pretty awesome. And Anya Taylor Joey is actually one of my favorite uh, um, young actors nowadays. So yeah, I'm excited to see that. Very I cool. Definitely should see that. So not only did you see a movie, but you've seen a movie I did not see yet. So that's wow, that's even see, more amazing. 2023, what a year, you guys! I know. I know. We switched places. 
Suck face off. <laughs> yes, no, no, no. Exactly like face off. That's exactly what's happening right now. Yes, definitely. How about you, Kenny? Down, down to the last detail. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Now, which one of us is, is uh, John Travolta? Which one of us is Nicolas Cage? I, oh, I'm, I'm Caster Troy. That's the uh, better name. Yes. That is a badass. Is that Nicolas Cage's yes, character? Is. Yeah. How about you, Carrie? Um, sorry, I got distracted with the same thing I got distracted with with with, with face off. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. Um, I've been buying a lot of books. I have not read them. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently bought a. It's called Dam- Damnable Tales. It's folk horror. It's an anthology of American mm-hmm. folk horror. So I'm going to dive into that probably in the next month, and That's then um. I've really like I don't watch movies um willingly. I don't and I've just like been avoiding TV, even like comfort shows. Yeah. Um I think is just kind of how I'm dealing with everything right now. So I'm like I've even avoided like like Mystery Science Theater three thousand. I've avoided a lot of like comfort things that I was doing like, you know, before the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. But um I have become obsessed literally in the last few days of instagram reels (laughs) and a horrible thing happened to me monday and tuesday my algorithm was set to like sexy man (laughs) algorithm so i was getting fucking thirst traps left and right (laughs) gay straight hot men i don't give a fuck like who they were i was just inundated with hotness and I'm like, I'm loving this. Like, and this is so fun. Because if like, it's not necessarily that like I'll be sexually attracted, but I'm like, ooh, pretty person. And then it's mm-hmm. just like, oh, it's like it's funny and because some of them are just uh, are like so out there as like trying to be thirst traps. I'm like, oh, this is rather entertaining. But then like I stumbled on a tattoo algorithm today, and literally. In like an hour's time, I went from sexy fireman holding baby animals to people dying from cancer. And it was like the video montage reels of like their last days or like happier moments. I had Wait, how did you get there from tattoos and sexy guys? Like, so the tattoo one that popped up was a, um, because I like for my mom, I'm getting a, um, a memorial tattoo uh, uh, done uh, like in a partial sleeve on my arm. I have the appointment, blah, blah, blah. So this person got an actual photo of their dead husband on their arm and it was intricately done and it was done in my brother's area of Brooklyn. So I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to like click on this. Well, the click fucked me up because then after that, I was getting dead people of uh, uh, tiktok or instagram reels of like this is my dead person like this person is now dead this was like uh, the like the video montage from our wedding or like this is like me and my sister over her last like four months of life i called brian crying because i was like i went from sexy man to like <laughs> dead people and i don't know why the algorithm did that to me i was very upset this morning it's and i'm dirty. just like oh god i just wanted to see hot buff men hold baby animals again like that yesterday i took it for granted you know and i think (laughs) the biggest lesson that i learned it was just like 
be present in the moment because you don't know when that's going to change and you have to just accept everything gracefully and that didn't happen today they just set you up and they knocked you down yeah it was just like a real fucking at least now i'm back onto like hot non-binary people like i'm getting back into my sexy people group (laughs) and i'm like okay good now we're shifting back to like i just find like people are just like sexy and hot and like wearing cute clothes i'm like okay this is swaying back but that algorithm's a bitch now i know what people talk about like how people lose followers (laughs) and stuff i'm like oh this is this is horrible because you click on one thing and then it becomes like a whole rabbit hole of bullshit yeah. And it's just like, oh, this is how people don't have followers on Instagram or like they lose likes on TikTok or whatever. It's just one one little click and like especially if it's like if it was something advertised, then you start getting all the other advertised things that are similar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the one mm-hmm. fucked up the one fucked up thing that did happen to me, I walked in on my TKs and Ks watching Lilo and Stitch um the other day at work because I was late to work. And they had already gotten the smaller kiddos. And if for those of you that don't know about Lilo and Stitch, it is one of my favorite movies. I have a very hard time watching it because of the um, subject matter. Uh, they're basically a, a Nani and Lilo are orphans. Nani's a teenager. Lilo is a small child. Their parents are dead. And so I walked in on the part where Lilo was telling Stitch goodbye because everyone she loves leaves her and she's clutching a picture of her dead parents and i'm like bawling immediately because i'm like oh my god i'm like i forgot the mom and dad dad were dead and i'm like crying and i have like my little kids going miss carrie what's wrong i think it's just really sad this is a really sad part of the movie like trying not to emote too much but oh god i was like weeping openly in front of five-year-olds in a corner so this is why I'm avoiding movies. <laughs> totally get it. Or certain endings to video games. What one? Let's say um uh another thing that I watched that uh is nice and just maybe you like it. It's just nice and cheery if you haven't seen it. Is uh, I'd never seen Abbott Elementary, and I've watched a few episodes oh, of that. Oh, and it's things. just it's so earnest and sweet and just yes. very nice. If you just and and it's really well written and funny, so if you just want a good laugh and something that's and you know you, you could probably relate to a lot of stuff since you work at a school, but yeah, yeah, yeah. give it a look if you haven't yet because it, it'll be a nice uh, palate cleanser for oh, you. Yeah, I'm, I, and uh, Quinta Brunson, her mother is an, a sixth grade teacher, so mm-hmm. she pulls all. She's one of the like the head creative writers, so like she pulls a lot of that from like the story. Yeah, yeah, she, would tell her, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she she created the show. Um, I had yeah. seen her. She was on the uh, show a few years back. I think it's still on, but I don't know if she's still on. It's called Black Lady uh, Sketch oh, Show yes, on yes, HBO, yes, and that's yes. like the first time I'd uh, seen yeah, her. But she's, she's really funny, oh, and she's, she's funny great on the it. show. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I'll have to check it out. That would be nice. That's been on my list. What to check out. what ending of a video game are you referring to? So I've been playing. This is my. I get my answer. Is um, I I got a PS Five recently. And so, and I didn't have a PS4, so I'm going through like a lot of the PS4 exclusives that I never got to play. First game I play, um, which I absolutely enjoy, and I, you really don't need me to hear that me recommend this, but, um, you know, Spider Man was fantastic. And the ending, unfortunately, um, some, well, something happens. It's an old ass game. Yeah. Uh, May Amp. 
yeah aunt may dies yeah i and forgot I, about that and carrie was like oh i don't want to watch someone die in the icu and i'm like oh they're not gonna kill her and then the second that's later, right because she, she got that dies. fucking virus <laughs> fuck you Otto. Oh, so I felt really right. bad. Like, yeah, kill her, and then boom. Yeah, because she was sick in the hospital bed in the hospital, yeah. and I was like, "Oh yeah, I don't want to watch this." Yeah, and it... then literally the next fucking scene, they're at the gravesite. Yeah. <laughs> like... After I said, "Oh, they're not gonna kill her," and I was like, "I guess I was wrong." Which I'm so sorry. I found because I helped my father plan my mom's funeral, which I find extremely interesting is all the stuff you see in movies about like the graveside burial is so not realistic it's cinematic it's so cinematic and it's like oh this is like not what happens at all in any of the processes of like the actual burial so i do find that very interesting the the real the real thing does not look as good on film yeah yeah they don't do it that way it doesn't so yeah but yeah, yeah Spider and I'm playing Miles Morales right now. Um, uh, we were just talking before uh, we started recording that I need to get through a bunch of stuff before May because that's when the new Zelda game comes out, and that's going to be my video game life <laughs> for a very long time once that comes out. Nice. So we're gonna get through it. It'll be good. I played uh, so much Breath of the Wild. I don't know, like I don't know if I like could responsibly as an adult play that uh tears of the kingdom the same way because like breath of the wild it was just like oh i would realize oh i only played breath of the wild today like i went to work mm-hmm. and then outside of work that's the only thing i did today and i was very happy living that life yeah so I, but i feel like it's irresponsible to do so no it's not it's great sometimes you need a daily like yeah that. i absolutely like and i mean when I say I play video games, there's like two that I play, like actually play. And the rest of the time I just watch Brian. And I think when you're in a relationship, sometimes it's just fun, like watching your partner fuck around and play video games. Like it's like you get all the fun of it, I think. And I totally am a backseat driver with them, but like, I don't have to do any of the hard work because like, if anybody knows a good therapist in the Southern California area, maybe shoot their information my way because I have a, my anxiety has been kicking up during um fight scenes and video games. I've noticed like during Spider-Man, I had a really hard time watching um Brian do the fight scenes. And so I know that that's on the onslaught of video games that I'm expecting this year. Like, I know that's going to be a really difficult thing for me for a while. So, um, yeah. Uh, other than that, it's like really fun to watch somebody else play. I mean, I enjoy it. I have a good time. No, it's fun. And it's also <laughs> the sound is it, it's kind of nice just to have like the kind of like the ambiance of like that going on in the background too. Sometimes. So all this to say, Richard, I highly mm. encourage you being irresponsible, even calling out of sick uh out of work sick a day or two. Yeah. So you can fully I haven't called out sick just to play a video game in, in, in quite some time. Like that's very I remember the you. first time my second job that I ever had, I worked at like a call center. And the first time I called out there, it was just like I had been playing uh, Kingdom Hearts 1. That's 20 <laughs> years ago. Fuck, I know. You're so but fucking yeah. old. <laughs> but I was playing Kingdom Hearts 1. And like I had to be at work at 6 p.m. And like it was like 3.30. And I was just like, I'm not going to stop. And I was just like, oh, guys, I'm sick. I can't come into work. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> 
Oh God, that's like a very vivid memory for me. For and it's twenty years ago. God, I'm old. That's so depressing. Wow. Oh God, no, no. I just yeah, I might just do that one day. Just yeah, fuck it. Take an extra day and just play um, not even video games. Just play Zelda for the entire day. Exactly. It's called self care, Richard. Yeah. And uh, everyone needs a mental health day. To be honest, I would probably have also a, true. I'm gonna have a weekend day probably where I wake up at like five in the morning before everyone else wakes up and just grab the handheld and, and play until everyone wakes up. I know we're a comic book podcast, so we should get in the comics. I do have a funny story. Let's do really quick. <laughs> um, Let's talk about comics. Here's my funny just, story. Just a, it'll be really quick. So yes, do it. The the office I work at, uh, we're in a building, and the uh, the bathrooms you need a key to get into. So today I was using my key to go into the restroom and I, I, you know, turned the lock and I felt it kind of go a little further than usual. So I kind of like, I felt like, oh no, my key bent. So I went to straighten the key out a little bit and then to, and then like to bring it back. Well, that I guess I had already broken because all of a sudden I have the head of the key in my hand and the rest <laughs> of the key is still in the lock. And I'm like, oh no! So I had to email the the people who watch the building uh, or own the building and let them know that no one can get into the men's room now because I part of my key is in the in there. And then for the rest of the day, uh, luckily my uh, my workmate Matt, who actually listens to the show, so he's probably listening right now. Um, he lent me one of his uh, spare keys, so I would, but I had to run down to the second floor to go to the bathroom for the rest of the day. Uh, oh, so it's the same key. Yes. For all the bathrooms? Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes on my way out, out to get into my car, I'll I'll just go to the first floor. Wait, wait, wait. So oh that's so yeah. the they're not unlocked anymore? No, they're all locked. Oh fuck. Because that first floor bathroom by the side oh. entrance. Used to be unlocked. It used to be unlocked. I remember no. I would go throw up there. Yeah. Uh better times, you no. guys. <laughs> so <laughs> So yes, um, so yeah, so I I totally caused an inconvenience to everyone on the third floor Oops. of my office building today. <laughs> so I do apologize to everybody <laughs> um, if they can hear me in the ether or something. <laughs> All right, well I guess it is comic book time, comic book which time. is the key to what we're talking about today on the podcast. So let's go ahead and get into our regular stuff. Um, first things first, our DIY corner where we talk about uh, kickstarters and anything else where the artists and the writer of the comics are doing the job of what usually a publisher does to get stuff done so um doing it themselves the old punk rock style and this time we have a thing called truth volume two drive home by iolanda zeffardino and 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 elisa rumboli uh we have spoken about them plenty of times on this podcast um right now i know richard you've been reading um the the least thing the least that we can do um mm -hmm. and and we've spoken about we've spoken about the original first volume of this of this series, and we've also spoken about uh, Alice in uh, Leatherland, which was the first book that I had ever read by them. Um, all good stuff. So whatever they come out with, I'm going to read. And so they unfortunately this series got canceled halfway through, so they had they decided to put the second half of it on Kickstarter. Uh, it is currently they just hit the halfway point uh, in their goal. They're about around twelve thousand eight hundred dollars at the time of this recording, out of uh, twenty four thousand, which is their goal. Uh, there's about thirteen days to go, so uh, 
listening to this, it'll be the 12 or less uh, days to go, depending on when you're listening. But uh, yeah, the first volume was really good. Definitely recommend checking this out. Um, I will um, kind of give you the synopsis that they gave uh, in the um, on the Kickstarter real quick. It's a, a scene as picturesque as the climax of your favorite film. Two protagonists who weathered the slings and arrows of fate embrace in an airport terminal. But for fans of A Thing Called Truth's first story arc, there were some unanswered questions. What happened with the medical advancement Dr. Magdalene Magtromer was working on before it was stripped away from her by her un- former unscrupulous employer? Will her estranged husband's search for her lead to comp- uh, lead to complications with the law? Will Dorian Wildfang's Quixote-like quest to fulfill her brother's posthumous wishes come to pass? Sadly, because of the nature of comic business, these questions were unanswered due to the story's early cancelization, silencing yet another LGBTQIA plus character-driven narrative before its time. Until now. So that is why they are now going to be making this book on Kickstarter. It is was a really good first volume, so I totally recommend it. Uh, last thing to read here, It's uh, this is a complex story about processing grief and regret while learning to embrace life without the choices we make in the time that is given to us. With your support, Dorian and Meg's spectacular journey can finish and answer all of your questions. Let's show the LGBTQIA plus representation and storytelling has the audience, the demand, and the support to give it an ending worthy of its themes. Help us drive it home. Queer stories deserve good endings, and they signed it. So pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, we'll have the link as always. <clears throat> Check it out. Uh, definitely worth uh, donating some money on. Um, and and yes, also pick up the first volume. You know, you can also support them that way. And uh, pick up the first volume, show them that that uh, you have interest in this book, even if it didn't sell well at first. We're gonna go ahead and move on to our spotlights. And I will have uh, Richard go first, if you do not. Cool, mind. cool. I am checking out uh, where the where monsters lie. Uh, it's uh, by a friend of the show, Kyle Starks, uh, with Vladimir Popov, Piotr Kowalski, and uh, Joshua Reed. So uh, <laughs> this this book was very fun, actually, but it, it's again on the darker side. Uh, so we open like the the splash page is uh, it says wanted. These people are extremely dangerous. And it shows uh, Zell, who's like an older woman, uh, puzzle man who's like wearing a mask over his face and looks insane. Uh, Frank and P- Frankie and Pearl. Pearl is the uh, is the lady. Frankie is her uh, ventriloquist dummy. Uh, <laughs> fuck master who's wearing a teddy bear <laughs> on his head. Richard, who's a clown, <laughs> which that tracks. Pack Rat, who has a uh, Hannibal Lecter mask on, St. Julian, and Daniel Dawson, who is a giant man, but his hair covers his face. Like he looks like his his head looks like a. Is it Cousin It? Yeah, he looks like Cousin It. (laughs) Yeah, he's the shape, like a Michael Myers type uh, villain, right? Yeah, yeah, he's like Michael Myers (laughs) size, but his hair covers his face like Cousin It. Exactly. Nice. So the book starts out with. a bunch of boys running from a house and there's gunshots in the uh off in the distance at the the house that they're running from so it's uh three boys they look like you know they're they're white they run to a neighbor house and there's one black boy he runs to the left and hides or he runs to the right and hides behind a bush and they go alert the neighbors they're like um 
she's like, where are you boys coming from? She's like, they're like, help. There's a psycho. He kidnapped <laughs> us. He's killing everyone else that's been left behind. And she's like, where'd you come from? They, they point out the house and she immediately kills one of them. Oh, and Frankie shit. and Pearl come and kill another. And then um, Daniel, the, uh, the giant dude, he like uh, basically... He squeezes the guy's neck so hard that like blood explodes out of his eyes and his oh, mouth. Shit. Yeah. And so apparently everyone hears the cahoots. The uh, black kid sees it all and he is able to get away. He, he basically hops the fence of this community. The community is called Wilmhurst. And uh, what was his name with the mask? Oh, yeah. Puzzle Man comes out with a gun and then he's like, hey, like my kids got away. And Zell basically tells him, like, you know, we don't shit where we eat here, basically. You're not supposed to, like, do killings here. And what we find out about Wilmhurst is basically, like, this is a community, a, a gated community for, like, serial killers and monsters. And basically, they do all that they, like, they'll help, like, they, they, they help you clean up your mess after crimes. They'll help you build your secret lair or build whatever, you know, killing machines you have. And, like, they have, you know, <clears throat> HOA fees and, like, you know, they hook them up with insurance or whatever. But, like, Puzzle Man has really fucked up because you're not supposed to do any killings in the community. Like, you could bring heat onto this place. And Puzzle Man kind of realizes that one of his uh, people escaped. Like, that they, you know, they weren't able to catch everybody. But, you know, he's playing coy and not saying anything. So you just see a lot of, like, the inner community politics. One person is trying to move in early. Um... And, like, that's a whole thing. So then we fast forward, then we see the boy who uh, escaped, and uh, his name's Linus, and he goes to the police, and basically he, uh, he he's being interrogated, but he's waiting so long because they're getting, like, a special investigator, and his name is uh, Connor Hayes, and I guess he knows about the existence of these monsters or whatever, you know, these monster people. So... Basically, when Con he tells Connor everything, he's like, "Hulk!" Like, like he realizes that they've hit the mother load. So <laughs> we fast forward to uh, Puzzleman talking to Saint Julian's like, "Hey, like, have you ever let someone escape?" He's like, "Yeah, once, but like, you know, I was able to handle it." He's like, oh, "Okay," and then fast forward to like a SWAT team is at the gates of the community busting in. So. Puzzleman kind of really fucked up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is, uh, but not a really fun book. Entertain. Have you read it, Brian? I I, I did read it as well. Yes. I, yeah, that I, was really cool. I did enjoy it uh, as well. Um, yeah, it it has the Kyle Starks humor. Um, you know, especially mm -hmm. with with Fuckmaster. Uh, <laughs> just it's classic, and. Uh, um and like how like uh they're running the place like a business and like but the business is is based on like on killings and like fear and they're com and the two people who run the the community are complaining because fuckmaster has found gardening and <laughs> instead of killing he's now into gardening and that has soothed his his mm -hmm. want to to murder people and so like and he was yeah. one, one of their top producers so yeah this is a, it's a fun sat sat satirical book. It's just, it's a lot of fun. It's good. <laughs> so, and like, like I always say, when it comes to uh, um, artists, you know, writers who are also draw, they always seem to find the best artists for like the projects. And this is definitely the case too. Kyle Starks is a side of quality. Yeah. I like Kyle Starks yeah. a lot. I have a, 
All right. Well, I guess it's my turn. My turn then for mm-hmm. the uh, the spotlight. Uh, I have um, the secret history of Black Punk Record Zero by Reagan Buchanan. Uh, it is from Silver Sprocket Comics. Um, two things. One, I've been c- trying to find more like uh, history. Well, I I I've always been reading history based comics, you know, graphic novels especially, you know, like those always been my my favorite type of like graphic novels and books and stuff like that. But I've also um, but there's a certain type of comic, and this is one of them where it's not written as a narrative essentially, but it's written more like it's kind of like a gathering of facts and and like information and like almost like you're watching a TED talk or listening to a TED talk, you know, like it's like, it's, it's kind of like a lecture in a way. And the comic itself is like the uh, presentation of the lecture and like the visual part of it. And this is one of those, those books. Um, The, uh, so this essentially um, also, if you've listened to the show or know me in general, you know that I am an old punk rocker kid and anything that has to do with like punk music, I'm going to pick up and read. And I'm also someone who like, you know, believes a lot of stuff that I love. Unfortunately, there's a lot of racist gatekeepers in the things that I love that unfortunately keep people out of it that would probably be enjoying it as well if these these dicks weren't keeping them out of listening to good stuff, you know, um, or making them not feel welcome. So this book is basically about the, you know, how punk throughout its history has some very prominent, um, you know, people in it that were not white. As a matter of fact, they were black. And they were, you know, kind of <clears throat> marginalized in the marginals, you know, the marginalized genre of punk because they weren't white. And like they were big helpers and big, you know, purveyors of this music. And like, you know, they played at CBGBs. They played with all the same super fan of, of stuff. You know, unfortunately, just the way who who writes these stories and like the stories that you get and like the you know the recommended listening that people give you um unfortunately like keeps things out you know like for example like really the only big name like black punk band is like bad brains and most people who mention them don't even really mention like them in the same sentence as like minor threat who's from the same city and stuff like that it's more kind of like a also ran kind of mention so you know it's just like you know come on let's (laughs) this is 2023 let's start talking about this stuff and the people who actually shaped the music and like the style and the genre that we all like you know so Uh it's good stuff um yeah i will um there's going to be a book I'm going to recommend or I'm going to uh, have us all read, maybe not this season because unfortunately it has to deal a lot with death, um, but it's also another book that is kind of like a lecture um, about the land of the dead. Um, but it, this is not the right time <laughs> to, to uh, make you. at least one of our uh, co- my one of my, my uh, hosts here listen to, or read a book about death. So. And bitch your wife. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm just saying, like, for the podcast wise, these people know I'm there. I know, but I'm just saying, like, obviously that, but 
it's also because you're I a poster. No, I understand, but like, yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna wait. I guess I got fucking my title changed. <laughs> my my uh, podcast host and wife Carrie. <laughs> Just really funny if we just like start saying like, oh no, we're just r- really close podcast hosts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, but we were we we're really close even before we started doing the podcast. Those podcast hosts were so close that they slept in the same bed. It's real yeah. creepy. Actually. I know actually. it's actually how we record. Yes, holy boy. Okay. Anyways, moving on. Yay! Oh, yeah. Yay! Check out this book. It's um, it's it's available. It's not available on Comicsology. Um, you actually, if you want to get it digitally, you have to uh, go on the Silver Sprocket website, and they have digital copies of it. So, um, yeah, big recommend. Definitely check it out. So, all right. I guess it is time now to hit our main course. Yes. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, which is um, The Private Eye Volume 2 by Brian K. Vaughn, uh, Marcos Martin, and Winston Vicente from uh, Panel Syndicate. Yes, this is the sequel to a book that we did uh, last season. Yeah. So excited to finish this one off. And this was Richard's choice. So I'll go ahead and hand it over to Richard. Yay, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So last time in uh, Private Eye, uh, our main character, uh, the PI, because we don't know his name, he uh basically he was looking into a murder of somebody who hired him, Taj, with his her sister Ravina. And basically we found out that it was a conspiracy by this guy Digare to bring back the internet. Mm-hmm. And that's where we ended our uh our last volume. So picking up where we start off in this volume is uh Melanie, who was a PI's driver, it was in the hospital, and she actually re- oh. uh, received flowers. She's yeah, she's fucked up because they got into a bad accident from uh the pi with uh he left a little note and it was just the pi symbol Mm -hmm. so she could figure out that it's from him but she's uh visited by uh detective strunk that's been basically working this case and kind of like one step behind the pi this whole time Uh uh-huh and uh our uh main antagonist he sends his little uh french assassins to the hospital because he's like oh like try to figure out like, he had a driver, there was an accident, the driver got injured, so try to figure out who this girl is so we could find this P.I., where, you know, P.I. and Ravina are just uh, trying to figure out leads to to, to, to to track down what's going on, because they're kind of in the dark to everything. So the French ass- assassins come to the hospital, and they try to wheel her out in a wheelchair, but luckily for us, Detective Strunk is trying to, you know, get his bosses to, uh, you know, get him a warrant, and he spies them you know, as they try to escape with the uh, Mel. So one of them gets a little too trigger happy, shoots him in the gut. Yeah. He's able to to kill that brother. The other one gets to the elevators. It's able to escape with Mel, but he also has to, you know, shoot like just a regular doctor that's there. And like he basically makes the block very hot for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, uh, P.I. and uh, Ravina, they uh, go to a... Uh, Frick, what is his name? Basically, he's one of the guys that works for uh for Digare, and he's like making the rocket to launch the satellite to bring back the internet. They go to his place. Nebular. He has yeah, Nebular. Thank you. He has a shotgun, a telescope, and a very realistic looking uh, sex oh, doll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's actually basically wearing the mask that uh Taj was wearing before she died, and he did know Taj, so it's extra creepy. So we everything kind of comes to a head. We, we do get a little background of how uh, Mel and uh, P.I. met each other and how she started working for him. But, you know, like I said, the uh, 
French assassin dude's able to escape with her. But at the same time, Diggity and uh, Nebular, they're going to his place to to get a uh, old computer to try, you know, hook up their setup to launch their satellite to bring back the internet because their world is weird. And basically ends up in a shootout. Uh, Digger sees someone in the house. He shoots the person in the face, but ends up being the uh, the sex doll. He thinks Nebula is a traitor, but what he you know he finally figures out that it's PI, and they basically have a shootout. Digger gets hit, but they're able to leave with the iPad. So basically, they're yeah. like they have a way to get some of her plans. However, now the block is getting hot for everybody to the point where <laughs> when they go to they go home to PI's place to his grandfather, who like you know loves old technology in the way that the world used to be. But the uh, the press is already at you know coming to his place to ask questions. So we finally get a big climax in this book. Well, that sounds inappropriate <laughs> <laughs> because now the digger has gotten sloppy. There's too many dead bodies and there's too many people asking questions. So digger is basically like, I'm going to like you know push this plan forward faster, so so we can just get this done tonight. But they you know were able to crack into the iPad. And, you know, figure out where the plan was. So they're head P.I. and Ravina are heading out to stop them. But at the same time, Diggeray has figured out, like, you know, who uh, to, 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 to go after uh, P.I.'s grandfather. He comes to the house and starts killing uh, the, 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 the second French assassin, starts killing the, uh, the news team that's uh, interviewing him. Yes. But uh, he doesn't properly kill the, uh, the, the, the uh, female interviewer. And she kind of brains him with a... Uh, with a large uh, camera and is able to take them out so they can escape. So they basically are going to launch the uh, rocket near the uh, dam, which is they basically, you know, America's cut off. So it's a dam that like dams, it's, it's damming the Pacific ocean, right? Yes. To to my understanding. Yeah. That's the Santa Monica. That's yeah. That's yeah. It's it's like on Santa Monica beach. Yeah. So P.I. and uh, P.I. has a showdown with Nebular, first and foremost. And basically, they get after it and beat the shit out of each other. And P.I. takes his mask so that he can disguise it. And he sends uh, Ravina after Mel. Basically, Mel and, uh, or excuse me, Ravina and Digger are having a standoff. When uh, P.I. comes in the mask as uh, Nebular, he knocks out Mel. For you know, temporarily, and to get uh, Degaray's trust, and then with that, he's able to take him down. Um, the thing is, is that Pi left. You know, he's able to st- stab Degaray and take him down, but he uh left the uh iPad. He smashed the iPad, thinking that and disconnected, thinking that that would stop the launch. <laughs> Except it, you know, it was just basically watching the launch. And the uh, rocket is not at the right angle, so the rocket basically shoots right into the dam. Uh-huh. They're uh, barely able to escape. P.I. is, like, hanging on by a thread, and it shoots off into the dam and lands in the Pacific Ocean. You know, he's hanging on by a thread. The news crews come, and they're trying to save P.I. However, the rocket, after it lands in the Pacific Ocean, it blows up, causes a tidal wave. And the last time we see P.I., he's washed away. The uh, girls are able to somehow, you know, barely survive. They get rescued. And basically, we're to a point where at the end of the story, it looks like Ravina is going to go into, like, the P.I., you know, game. And we're not sure if P.I. is dead or alive. His grandfather certainly is like, hey, we ain't find no body, no death. And Mel's not properly convinced. But uh, we are uncertain to the final fate of our uh, main protagonist. 
but they did save the day. They stopped the uh, they stopped the uh, internet from coming back and stopped niggering. But with that, you know, since there was an incident, now it seems that like the press, you know, who are basically the big oppressors in this society, are able to have a much more bigger stranglehold on power. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. The the they're basically the police. And, yeah. Yeah. They're the press and the police. Yeah. And and they're going to use uh, Dagerin's, uh technology essentially to spy on everybody without them knowing. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yay. And Strunk <laughs> basically, uh, he meets up with uh, Ravina and he gives her what's left of uh, the, dream, the coat. dream coat that mm-hmm. uh, PI would wear. And basically, she's able to use it to all she is is an eye <laughs> to yeah. disguise yeah. herself. She's literally a private eye. Uh huh. There it is. And that eye looks very like Mike Allred esque, like at the end too. That's like mm-hmm. it was really cool. Um, yeah, but, just a super good book. <laughs> yeah, the the whole series and like it's amazing. It's like on panel syndicate. And it's, it's pay what you want. So it's like it's amazing that it's available there. I also yeah. like the white screen. You know the way it's the way it's done, like in landscape mode. The entire yeah, time. absolutely. Cool. I mean, Marcos Martins art. You can sign me up. 10 Absolutely. times out of 10 it's always fantastic yeah and just like this is just a very fun well done book like it's you know i, I don't want to be cliche and be like oh the like the city is a character but like so much of this book is just like the world building it's just that like hey we're check out this weird society that we you know yeah. we're, we're fantasizing about yeah because it's- like you know pi we don't get much of pi we finally get a couple flashbacks you know tell you know about him and mel's relationship and telling about how his you know him and his mother's, you know, relationship post-death and how at his grandfather's some of that relationship. But like I feel like these characters aren't super fleshed out, but the world itself is kind of fleshed out. So yeah. it, you know, makes a very fulfilling story regardless. Mm-hmm. I absolutely I've, agree I've, with that. Yeah, totally. And um, yeah, because I mean it's a noir story, but it's in a speculative future like and, mm-hmm. and and definitely that's half the fun of the book is to see like the, what the vision of the future is here even if it's a, a great vision of the f- future you know like in this story but yeah it's still that makes it even more interesting i think you um brought up a really good point richard about the characters not being really fleshed out mm-hmm. because you absolutely in the climax of the book that super big wet climax that you were talking about mm-hmm. earlier like <laughs> i think like it your heartstrings do get tugged on mm-hmm. like because mm-hmm. you don't know about um pi's fate you you know you yeah. see like the um you see the worry of his grandfather you see like almost like a um like a guilt in a sense with ravina like when post post tidal wave but pre-rescue like there's a, a a panel where she looks like what the hell just happened like it's just yeah. her and mel and you they're not fleshed out but you really do like i i felt really emotionally attached to pi yes even though he is not a likable person in any like any way yeah and yeah. and he's supposed to be mysterious and he's supposed to be like this entity that lurks and you it almost like a like a modern day version of a boogeyman like you don't know where he is or who he is you just know he's there and you really there was like a lot of emotional capacity for him even though we don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy he's yeah. so neutral um, you know? yeah he's so neutral the only thing like the only thing that the only redeeming quality is that 
he's he very much seems to care for Belle and he very much yes. seems to care for his grandfather. Yes. But like he's not really nice about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? He yeah. doesn't treat them particularly well. Yes. But like it shows that like it shines through that he really cares about those people. Yeah. yeah. When, That's like when, the most like emotional death that you yes. get from him though. Yes. When he was upset like he was so upset about Mel. Uh-huh. Like mm-hmm. she was the only one that mattered. And it was almost um it was almost paternal. And it 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 begs if you want to get analytical, it begs the question if he was projecting those feelings of care and concern for her, because even though she has a parent, the mom, we we were introduced to the mother briefly, like mm-hmm. you don't know, like she spent so much time with PI, like yeah. working for him. That they obviously they do have a bond, but it's just like you wonder if he's projecting those emotions onto her because he lost his own mother at such an early age. And, yeah. his, and his grandfather is an asshole, yeah. like a loving one, but like a real hard he's ass, a you know? Guy. Yeah. So he's not like a, a an emoting, loving man. No. So I wonder if he was. I, I just got really curious. I was like, oh, I wonder if it's like he's like a protective older brother type because he he never experienced that and this is his first chance to get to have those feelings for someone. I, you know, I, I don't know. I think because you, you kind of just mentioned a little bit about how um, him losing his mother at an early age. Um, he's, he's but, little when yeah, the, 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 I think the characters are purposely not fleshed out a lot, but you do get quick flashbacks in this story where you do get emotional beats and you kind of understand where they're coming from yeah like it's it's heavily implied that his mother was also a private investigator or at least maybe working with one at the time of her death uh-huh because yeah. he's the guy with the dream coat there yeah um, yeah yeah and and then um and so and then also I mean, that's why he he wants to seek the truth because he he figures out at a very young age that there's you know to quote the Simpsons, there's the truth and then there's the truth, you know. <laughs> like, so, so you know, he, um, so, so, yeah. I think just the, and obviously that's the big part of it. Yeah. And so, um, and yeah, I, I agree. I think um, that that his like you know, the way he treats even Ravina, because um, you know, like you can tell that you know maybe there's not like a like a, a like a sexual thing between them, but there is definitely some kind of mutual like and respect between them right and i yeah, think that's oh, also sure. one of the reasons aside from ravina realizing that the truth that they always get is not the real truth um and that's why she becomes the pa thing i think also because there is some kind of attraction between her and pi i'm not i wouldn't i don't know if it's a romantic attraction or what kind of attraction but there is definitely some kind of like camaraderie between yeah them. i would yeah. say it's definitely a camaraderie it's definitely yeah. um an admiration um a respect absolutely a really quick question about the ending do you think do you think pi is dead i know it's a very ambiguous ending oh i don't want him to be yeah but i mean i don't think so because that'd be a bummer yeah yeah but like and the th- thing is, is that the way it ends like you could just do a second book with him being dead and ravina being the pi as well yes absolutely yeah storytelling wise you can keep you can move on from this oh yeah Sorry, go ahead, Richard. I no, no. I was gonna say, yeah, you could do either way. You could do it that he's alive and he made it, or you could do it that he died. But yeah, you could have more story either way. Or BKV, if you're listening, what you can do is since Ravina is a private eye that's 
specializes in reuniting families, she could be working for an off client that you don't know is related to PI, uh, like his mom, because we don't know if the mom's even dead, if she yeah. were a private eye, and then you could go to reunite this woman with her long lost son and she'd be going after PI as she's the PI for an ex-PI. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I just wrote a fucking comic book. Yes. Right? Do you want, want, want me to edit this out so that... Uh... <laughs> patent pending, patent pending, patent pending. <laughs> copyright, copyright, copyright. Um, yeah. No, um, I, I know that's really silly, but I'd be kind of a... I don't know. I don't know. I don't want, I don't want him to be dead. Yeah. For, purely for the fact that I'm still in mourning and also because his grandpa looked so sad. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I felt really bad for grandpa. And, and grandpa had a great, like that, you know, yes, he is kind of a contagious person, but you can kind of, you can see that he loves his grandson. Well, he, okay. Even though he's we're, crazy. We're <laughs> reading him as cantankerous. Yeah. Because he's drawn as an elderly man. That's true. He's literally a sarcastic millennial. He is. And so with the tattoos and everything. Yeah. Uh, what's great is that like the fucking Zune reference, mm-hmm. the Apple charger. He has a cord, a cord drawer. He has a cord drawer. <laughs> and it's just like, oh my God, we all, if you're older, we all have cords, yes. random ass cords from our shit from like the, the mid aughts that we didn't know what the fuck it went to, but we better save it. Yeah. Because we may need it. In so this it case, was just, he's so, been saving for like 60 years. It was so good. Just I threw a bunch out recently. Oh no! Ugh. Did it feel good or weird? It felt good. That's good for you. Sometimes it's good to get rid of that. Card. The thing is, is that um, I remember when cords were at a premium, and now like whatever cord that you might throw away and need again, like Amazon sells it for like a dollar fifty, and we'll send it true. to your house the next day. So, but like I, I like I remember needing like a USB micro thing for for like a cord for that, and like. It was prohibitively expensive 15 yes. years mm-hmm. ago. Yes. Like, and now, yeah. like, those things are 75 cents from Amazon. The, the funny thing <laughs> is, is that, like, when they were when they were more expensive, my go-to was, um, like, going to places like Ross or, like, TJ Maxx. Yeah, they, they would, would always, have them cheap sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But now, the other day, we were shopping at TJ Maxx, and I picked up a charger, and then I picked up two cords. I'm like, oh, yeah, and I didn't even bother looking at the price, because I was like, oh, they're going to be cheap. Like, Carrie looks at the price. And they the were line. $9.99 each. Yeah, they were like, bitch, get a six-pack on Amazon yeah. for that. Yeah. It was like $10 for... Or even now, uh, what's the other store, like Five Below or something, has yeah. all that stuff in it, and it's five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so really quick, really quick. Um, when everybody was here for the services, my brother and his family stayed at our house, obviously. So I hadn't seen our niece and nephew in a really long time. So usually we do like an anti-carry date. So Brian and I took them to Five Below, which is literally just everything in the stores, five bucks and under, and they have amazing shit sometimes. Mm -hmm. So like, I spent 60 bucks on candy and random ass toys our niece got a fucking crossbow <laughs> and our nephew got a lightsaber and yeah, they oh, were nice. each five bucks. And I swear to God, that was the best $10. It like wrecked our house. They were fighting. <laughs> People were getting shot in the forehead with plastic arrows. It was so good. It was a really That's nice. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty fun. Oh, yeah. And, and and like they have a decent book section. Like they have they decent. Do. Like uh, anytime I walk in, one time I got some uh, Marvel graphic novels there too for five bucks. 
but they have yeah. like a decent book section. They got some manga. They yes. they got some good cookbooks. They have like um they have freaking um uh Ibram X Kennedy's How to Be Anti Racist in there for five dollars. I was just oh, that's like, cool. Uh, wow. Yeah, I was just like, oh, this is great. They have um at the what at the one in a town over. They have a whole Full Metal Alchemist uh, yeah. manga section, and I was like, oh, that's fucking legit because that shit's like fifteen bucks. A, like a book at Barnes and Noble, oh, nice. you're spending like a the, third of the cost. The mm-hmm. ones by me always have Full Metal Alchemist, and they also always have a Attack on Titan, and then they'll have yes. a few other scattered like manga or whatever. But uh-huh. like those two are always well represented somehow. Yeah, and like uh, they had um, I picked it up just for nostalgia sake because I was like, it's five dollars. I had it when I was a kid, but uh, how to learn to draw comics the Marvel way? I always see oh, that in there. Cute. Yeah, yeah, and I had that growing up, so. But oh, I was God. never much of an artist. But I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna get this just to have it because it's five dollars. I got five yeah. bucks. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Now, um, really quick to go back to. Uh, yeah, sorry. No worries. Um, no, we were just on this week for that uh, five, sweet, sweet five below uh, sponsorship yes. money. <laughs> I know. Please, oh. please just give me the dime candy. Also, um, Richard, have you ever been to a Daiso? No, what's that? Uh, a Daiso is such like a five below, but it's um, it's like is it Japanese or Korean? It's Japanese. It's Japanese. Okay, yeah, it's a Japanese place. Um, and like everything is like three dollars each, and it's oh, kind of like cool. the same vibe as as a five below, oh, but it's geez. it's a bunch of really cool and random stuff. We- okay, I have a couple questions. Um, but my first question for you all is, so obviously, um. The, the main villain of the story, Dagaran, is a bad person. Do you, but do you agree with what he wanted to do with bringing the internet back? Do you think that would have made the world a better place? Or do you think that this was, obviously it was a cash grab for him, but, but like effectively what he was doing, do you think it would have been, would have made the world a better place if he brought all that back? No. No? no I, th- I no. think the grass is always greener yeah. you know like it, they're under like obscene like weird surveillance type of stuff so it's it's the internet seems very freeing but in that world and we're not too far off that with the freedom of the internet sometimes our worst qualities are on display yeah and uh, they're extreme so you can't i don't know like they, it just it it wouldn't have been good for the yeah. for the public anyway and in a way though like in the way the world is now you, it, you the freedom of the internet and the anonymity is even out in the real life in the real world though at the uh-huh. same time so yeah yeah but no i i, I agree i'm actually kind of like wish we did live in a world that was a little more analog than yeah yeah than it is um I don't think that the it, it's not even about his plan with the internet. I don't think it would work because you cannot force change on people like That's and it. have it have it stick. Yes. Like that 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 even if you want the internet back, that movement would have to build from the ground up if yes. you want it yes. to stick. If 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 you like that's just fat like you know, fascistic, like we're just like and we're doing this now because this is my secret plan. Like yeah. the yeah. people on the ground are going to reject it, even if the idea is good or or the quote yeah. unquote right one. But yeah. it's just that you're foisting it on them. You're not asking them if they want to change. You're just yeah. being like, "This is what we're doing now." And I think it would have blown up in his face. Even yeah, regardless, good point. Good even point. if they're putting it in the one device that everyone still has, which is a television. You know, the, yeah. it would. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, but I, I think that the, the citizenry is just going to naturally re, re, uh, reject it because they didn't ask for it. Exactly. Yeah. But I think Morgan's intention was also to uh, kind of ha- get gather information and spy on people, which is what the uh, right. fourth estate decides to use it for. Um, which actually, question another question for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll. I'll mm-hmm. um, do you so the police and the uh the press are merged into one in this story? Do you think that makes either of those estates um more effective or less effective? Less effective, less effective. The, the, yeah. And well, what, what I obviously don't like is like I think the one one thing that can kind of police the police is the media. So if the media becomes, right, the, yeah, there's no one there to hold the police yeah. accountable. Accountable. Yeah. It's like it's, it's like now if if the police make a statement, we we uh. The, everyone chooses that fact. They're like, well, this is what the police said. And the people are like, well, if that's what the police said, that's what happened. But then we have, you know, a bunch of instances where we find out that the police lied. And then you have to act. And this is just in our media climate now where they're two separate uh-huh. entities. Uh-huh. Why does the media keep taking the police's word for things and presenting it as the facts when we know that the police are just people and they lie all the time because yes. was it the Tyree Nichols thing the other day like yeah. I, I didn't watch the video because I don't watch those things anymore but like mm-hmm. in the video I heard that they're just like and you can hear them coming up with their alibi in the video and you can hear that the words that they're saying that they're going to make up does not match what happened but then we just still treat it like oh well the police said it then that's the truth so if the police were the media on top of that yes they would only be worse yeah. so much more so much worse of course it bothers them, but it's a good job with a good pension. They have a family, gotcha. you know, they have a wife yeah. and kid, you know, kids. It's yeah. like, oh, it's it's a very good gig if you want to take it. Yeah, that's true. And the thing is, is that, you know, when you're doing when you're doing paperwork 90 percent of the time, like a friend of mine, he was a cop in like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that show First 48. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's an area called Opelika, Florida, that I guess is featured on that show a lot because, you know, uh-uh, crazy yeah. shit goes down there. Uh-huh. Um, so I've never seen the show, but this is that's I don't know. Like right now, if I left my house right now, though, granted, after midnight, so there's no traffic. I'd be down there in 10 minutes, 15 oh, minutes. Wow. It's not far from me. Um, but a friend of mine, he was a cop there for three years. And then um, he was just like, yeah, he's like, it was terrifying. And it, he's like, I saw fucked up shit. And then but, you know, he used it as a stepping stone so he can work for uh, um, he works for um, Homeland Security now. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. And then I'm like, so so now you went from uh, arresting like uh, black people to supporting your countrymen. He's like, yep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he's just like, he's like, but my bills are paid and my my daughters go to a good school, and it's just like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the long and short of it. Like, good jobs are at a premium, and that's a job that you know you can kind of get in and yeah. get out, you know, and hopefully you know you don't do any atrocities while you're there. I guess. You know, or anything, yeah, or anything happens to you either, you know. Right, or anything but, happens to you. Yeah, but um, I just got really depressed. Well, it can, yeah, you, suck. the one thing that came to my my brain was, you know, like the saying that anybody who wants to be a politician should not be a politician. Like anyone who wants to have an office should not be the person in that office. 
I feel mm-hmm. maybe it's the same way with like anyone who wants to be a police officer should not be the. Well, police. the thing is, is that with the police and the military, <laughs> is that you need yeah. the best and brightest. But the thing is, is that you'll never get the best and brightest because the best and brightest are going to evaluate the risks that are involved with those jobs, mm-hmm. and yeah. they'll be like, "No, thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to go do something else that's less <laughs> risky and dangerous, and probably makes more money <laughs> without being yeah. as risky and dangerous." Yeah. So then you you kind of get the cops and the military that you get. Exactly. Like I, I don't know what the solution is for that because it's something that you need high level thinkers for, and any high level thinker or the vast majority of high level thinkers are going to be like, "I'm good." Like before you deal with the racism and everything, just the nature of the job is like people that would handle it well are never going to do it because it seems insane. Just yeah, everything mm-hmm. that you have to deal with, even if the police are a hundred percent on the up and up, is like ridiculous. Like that, you know, if you're being fair to the cops. Yeah. So people that are really smart are like, I'll be a lawyer or I'll be a doctor or a scientist <laughs> yeah. or I'll do finance and fleece people for their money and make my money that way. But it's a lot less dangerous. And then yeah. so basically you still need cops or, you know, some sort of peacekeeping force and you kind of get what you get. And what it is, is that a, it, it's, of course, a license to do violence. So you're going to attract people that are overly violent mm-hmm. no, and I'm, not I'm, very intelligent. Yeah, yeah, apparently. Sometimes. So yeah. Yeah. So just that's just kind of what you get. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it is sad. And the thing is too is that like either like if the time and the funds went to maybe other forms of crime prevention, as in like, you know, helping people not be in a situation that they feel right. like they have to commit crimes, Absolutely. then that would just even help out the cops, even though they don't really probably see it that way sometimes. But, no, yeah. I, I would probably say that the police do see it that way, but it's uh, the thing is, is that yeah. to to do that, the the uh, solution is to take the money away from the cops, and they're like, well, no, don't take any money from me. Like, yeah, give those people more money so I have less work to do. But like, let me keep know, my 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 money. Yeah, yeah. I, I we want to keep our whole budget and, for the year, and, and I want to keep my t- and our pensions and all that stuff. I want to keep and my tank and my rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. These are very, very uh, intense, violent people. Like, yeah, if I had to take it a rocket launcher, I'd want to keep it too. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, those, those are mine. Hands. Why would I give them? A, why would I give them back? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, so overall, then with the uh, private eye, you know, it's really oh, good. Private eye is very good. Um, yeah. I, I don't it. think that's the particular way society's going to crumble. I just think that society's going to crumble. <laughs> yeah, Not for sure. I, I see a big wall being built to uh, keep the uh, the water out. Is is something that might be happening in California or in Florida? That's a shame. Relatively <laughs> soon. That's awful. Yeah, it is. Um, but but yeah, I um, yeah. Overall, I'm a big fan of this book. It was we really recommend. good. Now, it obviously, like we we did kind of. Speak about like a possible sequel. Do you think there might be another book in the works? I mean, I'd love it, but like, also these are people that like. Um, I feel like Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martin. They 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 have the status where they're like, oh, we work when we want to. Yeah, like, these are not people that are plugging out books every month, month in and month out. They you know they kind of make their own schedule. So I would definitely be up for it to see a sequel, but like I don't know if we'll ever get it or if they'll want exactly. to do it. The um. There's like a um, an NSFW um, Substack 
book that Brian K. Vaughn's working on right now, Ooh. as well as obviously he's doing Saga, so he does he does he's pretty busy at the moment. <laughs> so I heard the the book on Substack is pretty good though, and oh, hopefully yeah. hopefully they'll release it um, either as a digital or a or an actual book as well. Be great to pick it up because uh, it is it is BKV, which is a sign of quality. Yes. Yes. Did I ever tell you about how I met him at a comic book shop once? Oh did, no. Did I say that story before here? Um, yeah, like it was when Runaways came out. Um, he I guess he used to live in San Diego, and this is when I was living in San Diego, and I went in there and I was picking up like the second volume of Runaways, and I was like, Oh my god, this book is so good. And, like, like this is like, you know, I was telling the the person that ran the bookshop, you know, like that I really enjoyed it. And he's like, Hey Brian, get over here. And Brian was like he was shopping at the at the shop <laughs> and then he's like oh you like my book and i'm like yeah i do and he's like here and he signed my he signed my volume too of, of runaways and i'm like that's oh like, that's awesome I'm like yay and i'm like so yeah it was yeah it was it was pretty cool just to happen to run into the person i'm glad i wasn't like this was the worst book i've ever read <laughs> then yeah I wonder if he would have been called. You should when you met him. You'd be yeah. like, you know, how you can make the book better. Better is if you wrote it a boy in the book named Brian. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, like, hey, the world needs more Brians. Um, there you go. Yes. But um, yeah, overall, um, pretty good book. Yeah, I would like to see a, a volume of it as well. So the thing is, is that I, I would like to see another volume because I just like that world. It's very, in, yeah. you know, it's a very interesting and unique world in and of itself. And I would love to see the resolution. Like, you know, is there a revolt by the citizenry, you know, with this or, the, you know, does information of what uh, Diggory was trying to do come out and then do some people want that? Like, I, 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 I like his plan more if the people choose it, not like if it's yeah. forced on him. I feel like if you force it on him, it's just going to blow up. Exactly. So Definitely. Absolutely. And then also, like, what if what, what will happen if they find out that the 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 power of the press and the power, you know, of the police are now even stronger than before because now they have the technology to spy on people in their homes. Uh oh. You know, so yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to go on. So and I, I like books like this because I like it ends where I'm like, if it never comes back, it's like, yay, you know, like we got a good story. But then if it does come back, like, yay, you know, like more more of this good story. For sure. So, yeah. So it's it's kind of a cool situation when that when this happens, you know. The, either the want is there, but the need is not there. You know, it's it's good. Cool. So yeah. All right. Well, I think that might be it. Um, actually, I kind of got reminded of something just right before we leave. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to probably watch it soon. Do you guys hear about the Dick Tracy thing about um Born Beatty? Uh-uh. So I guess because he owns the the rights to uh to Dick Tracy and he needed to keep them so he had to come out with something that you know um, come out with something really soon so uh, he did a a fake zoom call with with um uh Leonard Malton and and um Ben Mikowitz from TMC um and where he was he was being Dick Tracy and he was talking crap about the movie Dick Tracy <laughs> and then they get Warren Beatty himself as well and there's about like i guess there's a, a good portion of this this thing where it's warren Beatty debating with dick tracy being played by warren Beatty, and it's an absolute train wreck 
And that's what I'm like, I'm so excited to see that it's going to sound so bad. <laughs> so, yeah, I might I might watch it before our next episode and come back. I mean, that's it. one way to keep retain those rights, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we'll see. I've heard clips and like there's some like really not needed pauses between things. Like whoever edited it didn't really. Oh, do a good no. Job, so, yeah. That's funny. But yeah, it's it's pretty, yeah. I'm excited to check this out. He's 85 <laughs> years old. Also, that's amazing. And he's uh, now talking to himself. Well, you know what? It happens <laughs> yes, with age. It does. All right. That's funny. Okay. Well, um, if you unless you guys have anything else to say, um, oh. I guess we might be closing down this episode. If you're all ready. Oh. All oh, right. Man. Okay. What happened to there? It is. Okay, well, we have reached the end of the show. And uh, thank you to everyone for listening, as always. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Good Pods. We are a CDB Pod. Book Clubbers, on Friday, we will announce a, a the new episode. Let me say that one more time. Book Clubbers, on Friday, we will announce the next episode's main subject on Instagram. And you can so you can follow along or just know what's going to happen on cool. the, the next Thursday. Um, and Richard, where can we find you on the internet? Um, I'm at TopCat360 all over social media on your Twitters and your Instagrams and your such and suches. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Football season's over. The Super Bowl just happened. That was fun. It was a very, I don't know. It was a good Super Bowl. It was a good Yeah, it was a really good game. You only get like a good Super Bowl game like once every four or five years. So, yeah, that was one of the better ones. Very true. Very true. Um, and Carrie, anything for this week? No, okay. um, hug your moms. Yep. There you go. And, That's always important. Mm-hmm. All right. And I, a friend of mine whose mom passed away, like you know, a decade ago or something. Like you know, like a bit a minute. But yeah. she sent me a a TikTok from ESPN of uh, you know, the Kelsey brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, both both of them beating their mom on the field. Oh. And she she's just like, <laughs> I was watching this clip and I was crying. I was just like, it's totally okay to cry. Like even if your mom oh. you had it passed. It's okay to cry, but it's just yeah. like this really beautiful video that the mom finds Travis, the one that won, and uh-huh. he's so excited, and you know she's so excited for it. But then she finds the one that lost, and like he's just you know when when she finds him, he's just you know dapping people up, congratulating people for the other team, and then he find his mom hugs him, and he just crumbles and like yes. it starts crying, and I'm just like, yeah, that's what yeah that's what they do. <laughs> Moms are the best. Yeah. Yeah. Well. No, I'm sad. <laughs> you, you know what's not best is my presence on the internet. And that's <laughs> Instagram. Nice segue. Instagram is uh, Bryson underscore CB. And uh, our email address, uh, I didn't say it earlier, and that's actually the best way to reach Carrie as well. If you have any questions or comments for her directly or just about the show, it's at better at gmail.com. So I guess that's it. So for Richard and Carrie, I'm Brian, and this has been the Comics Deserve Better podcast. And remember, as always, comics deserve better, and everyone deserves comics. Bye. 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 Yay, we're going now. Yay. <laughs> Where's the stop button? Hi. There it is.